Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Giant Take podcast. Um, a little bit different today. Josh is unable to join us. Uh, he's having his wisdom teeth removed, so he'll probably be on a little bit of a week sabbatical here uh, going forward. So with the Daniel uh, Jones news coming out possibly this week or literally any second now that I have Twitter open, don't worry, because um, we're not going to miss it, hopefully. And, um, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Unfortunately, he probably won't be able to come back for that, but we shall wait and see. But anyway, today we've got a jam-packed episode. Um, we've got a little bit of Giants stuff, a little bit of Daniel Jones stuff, some staff changes, and then the heart of this episode will be the Combine recap. Uh, four days of the Combine have been completed. Uh, some people were rising up the board, some people who went down. We'll go over some winners and losers from each day. Um, and as this uh, draft board gets clearer and clearer, not only on our draft board, but for everyone else uh, with some of these combine scores. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But anyway, first, let's get into, um, I guess, some Giants news here. Um, the first thing we're going to discuss is the NFLPA's survey uh, that they sent out and the Giants got their results back. Uh, they pulled like I believe it was 1300 players. Uh, for like a report card on their team in different categories. And we will uh, kind of talk about that real quick for anyone who's interested. So the categories are treatment of families, food slash food service slash nutrition, weight room, strength, uh, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, and team travel. So the Giants got a B for treatment of families, a B plus, excuse me, which is tied fifth in the league. Uh, food service was a B plus, tied eighth in the league. Weight room was B plus, tied thirteenth in the league. Strength coaches were B plus, tied twenty eighth in the league. Training room was B plus, tied fifth in the league. Training staff A plus, tied first in the league. Uh, locker room was a B, tied fourteenth in the league. And team travel A minus, uh, which is ninth in the league. Um, so there's some um, you know categories there for the Giants. When asked about strength coaches adding to their success, um, they tied for 28th in the NFL. Um, they may that you know that could sound poor, I guess, um, but it's because most uh, teams you know rated their training staff extremely positively, uh, and I guess the Giants, um, I don't know, were more diplomatic about it. I don't know how you want to say it there, um, but I guess did not give the best grade, even though B plus does sound very good, but that is apparently 28th in the NFL, but. Anyway, I don't, you know, I don't think this has much effect on the fans. Obviously, this is more a player poll for the players um, and hopefully improves their conditions, you know, going to work every day. So uh, I think it's an important thing that the NFLPA did and, you know, just wanted to mention it on here uh, real quick before we get into some of the other stuff. All right, moving on to some staff updates here. Um, we've got a new um, assistant O-line coach. Uh, Holy Cross OC Chris Smith. He will be transitioning to the NFL. He spent the last six years with Holy Cross as their O-line coach, run game coordinator, and recruiting coordinator, and he will be making the jump to the pro level to join the Giants. And then the Giants actually released a statement uh, discussing some of these staff changes, and they added, uh, we talked about this last episode, but Jeff Nixon hired as the running backs coach, uh, Chris Smith, uh, which we just talked about a second ago. Stephen Thomas uh, was hired as their assistant special teams coach. I believe we talked about that last episode as well. And then they added some promotions that we did not know about. So Michael uh, Trier was promoted to safeties coach. 
Chris, uh, Christian Jones was promoted to assistant QB coach, and Angela Baker was promoted to an offensive assistant. Um, so there is some giant staff updates, um, some promotions as well. So good for the people who got promotions, um, and hopefully they can make a you know even greater impact with their higher positions now. So um, just wanted to touch on that um, before we get to the I guess big news of what everyone's talking about in Giants land, uh, Daniel Jones. Before we talk about Daniel Jones, though, this is kind of a uh, important, uh, you know, kind of side story here with the Daniel Jones saga. Derek Carr actually just signed a four-year deal with the Saints a few minutes ago when I'm recording this. Um, we don't know what the number is. It sounds like it's going to be between 30 and 35 million. That's kind of the reports we're getting. You know, I'm going to keep checking on that throughout the episode. Um, so hopefully we can you know, get a definitive number here because that could really help us uh, when looking at Daniel Jones. But I, you know, I had down here, what does this mean for Daniel Jones? I think you look at their values, right? Derek Carr is 32 years old. Daniel Jones is 25. I'd argue that they're about the same level uh, with Daniel Jones, obviously having a much higher upside than Derek Carr. I think you're going to see Daniel Jones get more money than Derek Carr, but I think it's a nice baseline you know, if he gets, if Derek Carr gets paid 40 million, then you know, okay, Daniel Jones is making 40 plus. Um, but if Derek Carr makes 30 million, then you're like, yeah, maybe he'll come in that 35 to 38 range that everyone kind of has agreed upon. That's a good number for Daniel Jones. So that's certainly going to be important here, um, what that number is. And I think certain people, especially Jones's agents do know what that number is, um, because they did leave the combine, obviously with no contract resolution, but um, they are on their way, apparently, to New Jersey uh, to meet with the Giants. That came out a few minutes ago, uh, once again, uh, from Mike Garofolo. They're trying to make a deal before the franchise tag deadline. Could they know what the number is for Carr and say, hey, now we know this is kind of a good baseline. Maybe he's kind of set up that middle-tier QB market. Who knows? Um, obviously, we still don't know the final number for Carr, but certainly an interesting, you know, 36 hours here um, before the deadline, even less now, uh, 30 hours when I'm recording this um, to uh, the franchise deadline, a uh, franchise tag deadline, excuse me. So that's certainly going to be interesting. Right now, it looks like the tag will be going on Jones and Saquon Barkley will be walking unless, of course, they can come to an agreement. Um, but, you know, obviously you can only use the franchise tag once. And with, you know, with Bart, with Jones taking that up now, Barkley is free to talk with other teams. Um, and it looks like that is going to be the case, but hey, negotiations kind of take quick turns sometimes. Maybe, uh, this Derek Carr news has kind of put, you know, the Daniel Jones negotiations, um, into a little bit of a faster pace, especially if maybe another guy like Jimmy Garoppolo signs later today or an Aaron Rodgers makes a decision that could also help, you know, move the QB market a little bit quicker. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo would obviously be more of, again, a middle tier, uh, trendsetter per se, uh, for these kind of contract negotiations. All right, moving on to some Giants-specific combine news. Uh, Giants out outside linebacker coach uh, Drew Wilkins ran the on-field drills for the edge, uh, edge rusher prospects um, in Indianapolis. It was a good opportunity for him and some of the other position coaches, who I'll get to in a second, to get close interactions with these prospects, you know, really talk to them, you know, feel them out right on the field right next to them. So I think that's really, really helpful. Um, and they got that obviously before pro days start or, you know, some of these private workouts as well. 
Um, in addition, Giants defensive back coach Jerome Henderson ran some of the drills on Friday for the DBs. Uh, and then O-line coach Bobby Johnson ran some of the drills on Sunday as well. So, you know, a couple positions of need there where the Giants are going to get close up and personal with some of these guys, some of these prospects um, on the field during those drills. And then they were able to do that as well in the interview room. Uh, they're known to have met with numerous uh, draft prospects. Obviously, they get 30, I believe it is, but we only know of a few at this current time. Uh, the ones that we do know they interviewed uh, based off of these players' press conference and them you know, saying that they interviewed with the Giants. Um, Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. Defensive end B.J. Ojolari, brother of uh, Aziz Ojolari out of LSU. Wide receiver Quentin Johnston, TCU. Wide receiver Tyler Scott, Cincinnati. Wide receiver Jordan Addison, USC. Um, linebacker Trenton Simpson, Clemson. Wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, uh, Tennessee. And running back Tanks Bigsy, uh, Bigsby excuse me, from Auburn. Uh, so that is uh, some Giants-related combine news. All right, now let's talk about who are some of the winners and losers from each day of the combine. Um, it was a really busy and exciting combine. A whole bunch of players stood out. A whole bunch of players, you know, definitely boosted their draft stock. But there were a few as well who definitely um, may have tanked their draft stock. And let's just get right into that. Um, so the first player we've got, we're going to start with our day one winners. That is obviously the defensive, uh, you know, defensive linemen. Um, and linebackers. So first, we have uh, Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. His size and athletic profile is very similar to, um, you know, his fellow former Pitt, um, I guess, alum here, uh, Aaron Donald. Kansi is six foot two eighty. He ran a four six seven forty. Um, Aaron Donald is was six foot, uh, just a hair under six one two eighty five, and ran a four six eight. So kind of fun comparison there. Not saying that Kansi's going to be Aaron Donald, but he definitely had a very solid combine performance, and hopefully that boosts his stock going forward. Uh, you know, for his sake, obviously. Moving on to the big winner, I think this guy was the number one consensus winner of day one. Um, Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia, he had an insane combine. Um, I'm going to use some of these RAS scores here. Um, if you're watching. On YouTube, I'm going to have them kind of posted up here so you can follow along. But I'm going to kind of point out uh, what, you know, these players did really, really well in in terms of their athletic testing and not as much. Um, and obviously, this doesn't take into account like the on-field drills, the position drills. So I'm going to talk about those as well for certain players. But Smith, he he had an insane 40. He ran a 4.39 with a 1.52 10-yard split. He had a great vertical at 41 and a half, a great broad jump. Um, at 10, at just over 10, I believe it was, 10.8, um, and a great three cone as well as a 7.19, and he was just explosive all day, as well as in the position drills, a really big winner here at the combine. Um, Nolan Smith, a little bit undersized, obviously, at 6'2", 238, but his athletic testing more than made up for that. Um, moving on now to Brian uh, Brisey out of Clemson defense, a tackle. He had a really, really good uh, testing as well ran a 486 uh, 171 10 yard split and overall um, you know he was very very fluid in the drills uh, he you know quick feet lots of power it just seemed like he um, was you know probably one of the most NFL ready players at the combine um, and he definitely boosted his draft stock 
um, you know, along with his testing and overall his size. Yes, a little bit underweight, I'd say, for a defensive tackle, but he can hopefully bulk that up. Um, only did 22 on the bench press, which is not great, but, you know, does that matter a lot? Probably not. Also, might have to do with some of the weight concerns that we have here with um, with Breesy. So, anyway, um, good player. Definitely improved his stock. Could possibly sneak into the first round. We'll have to wait and see. Um, moving on now to Byron Young, edge out of Tennessee. Um, he was great in the drills. Um, I think he probably was a guy who was more in the second round. Um, you know, conversation before this definitely uh, is in the first round conversation now towards the end of the first round. And he is super quick. He ran a 4-4-3-40 with a 1-6-3 10-yard split, 38-inch vert. Uh, 11, um, 11 uh, broad jump, and his three cone was a little bit uh, disappointing, I guess you can say, at a 7.19. Um, not, you know, I believe that's the same as um, Nolan Smith, though, if I'm correct. Yeah, Nolan Smith also had a 7.19. So both these guys, similar ty- uh, types of athletes in terms of testing, both ran really quick, both had, I guess, somewhat of a disappointing three cone, and both had great verts and broad jump. Um, and overall, he's another guy at the edge rusher position. This class is stacked in the edge rusher position um, who could really be rising up draft boards. So um, I think that is pretty much it for our winners. Now, sadly, we have to go to a couple of losers here. One of them is kind of a fake loser because he didn't actually test. But Jalen Carter, uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia, obviously he had two arrest warrants uh, issued during the combine, uh, which forced him to return home. He didn't actually end up testing because of this. Um, And this is only obviously going to add to some of the character issue concerns that he had. Not saying that I personally thought he had character issues before this. Not even sure if this is a character issue, right? You know, innocent until proven guilty. But, um, you know, this is obviously going to be a red flag uh, going forward um, for Jalen Carter. So it's going to be interesting. Kind of a consensus top three pick. Is he going to fall further than that? But definitely didn't help himself at the combine. Um, and it wasn't because of his on-field performance. And then our other loser here is DJ Dale, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, we, we, he measured way smaller than expected. He was kind of lethargic during workouts. He had a 1.89 RAS score. Um, you know, he ran a 5.2640. He ran a 1.81 10-yard split. His three-cone was probably the best thing he did all day at a 7.69. Um, his vertical, his broad wasn't great. Um, and overall, he just had a, a very bad day. Uh, undersized as well, 6'1", 302. Just nothing went right for DJ Dale, it felt like, at the combine defensive tackle out of Alabama. And that is pretty much it for day one. Moving on to day two, we're going to go to the winners first. This guy I'm a huge fan of, Deontay Banks, a cornerback out of Maryland. I did not think he was going to run this fast. He ended up running a 4.3540, which is lightning quick. Um, I thought he was going to run at best in the 4.4s, um, but you know he ran at 4.35, which is crazy. A 1.48 or 1.49, excuse me, 10 yard split. Had a 42 inch vert, 11 um, 11.4 broad. Uh, just overall tested really well. Looked really really fluid on the on field drills. Moved his feet quickly. Good reactions. Um, and I thought he was really impressive, and I think he solidified himself now as a first-round pick, but was more a back-end-of-the-first-round guy before this, in my opinion, but he really showed up to play at the Combine. 
Moving on now to a safety out of Illinois, Sidney Brown. Uh, he uh, had the second best broad jump am- among safeties with a uh, 10-1 or 10-10 broad jump. Had a pretty good vert at 40 and a half. Uh, ran a 4-4-7-40. Had a 1-5-1 10-yard split, which is very elite. Uh, 98th percentile there. And um, overall, kind of a guy who maybe wasn't expected to test you know, athletically as well as he did, uh, more of a four five, possibly even four six guy, but ran really well and performed great in all the other drills. Finished with an RAS score of nine point six three. Moving on to the consensus number two corner, who may have brought himself up even more now, um, in after the combine, excuse me, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. Uh, his athleticism was on full display: four three eight forty one five four ten yard split. Great vert, 41 and a half, 11, one, 11 foot one broad jump, uh, you know, his height and weight, 6'1", one, uh, 197, came in at a really good size there. Um, and I think overall, he tested excellently, looked good in the drills as well. And um, he, you know, I think has solidified himself as a top 10 pick. We'll see. Witherspoon obviously did not test, but um, it's going to be interesting to see who goes first out of those two great arm length as well at 32 inches um, for his size so overall really really good day for Christian Gonzalez and then a guy that I've been a really big fan of ever since watching the senior bowl Uh, we actually talked to Bobby Skinner about it from talking giants because he was at the senior bowl he really liked this guy as well Julius Brent's cornerback out of Kansas State he came in with 34 inch arms a 6'4 200 pounds uh, he performed great in the broad jump, and then he also ran a four-five-three-forty, which for his size is not terrible. Uh, that was the main concern that he was going to run in like the four sixes. Ran a four-five-three, uh, and then broad jump eleven-six uh, invert uh, forty-one and a half. Also had a really really elite three cone at six-eight-three, so that change of direction six-six-three, uh, excuse me, that change of direction definitely coming into play as well. So I think he overall had a really good day, nine-point-eight-two. Um, score RAS score for him and I think he's a guy who could possibly sneak into the first round but I think is going to be more of a you know early second guy but uh, you know elite traits here for Julius Brents he basically has everything um, but elite speed but you know even on tape I think he runs a lot quicker than a 4-5-3 right, going to our losers we only have one loser here on day two everyone on day two actually had a pretty good day in my opinion but Trey Dean the third safety out of Florida he had concerns regarding his speed coming in. People thought he was going to run in the four sixes probably, um, but he ran a four seven five, which is awful, twenty third percentile for safeties, um, and he really hurt himself with that. Um, and those concerns about his straight line speed only got bigger um, now that he ran a four seven five. Already looked quite slow on tape, and that's going to be uh, probably an issue he's going to have to answer in interviews. Um, and hopefully he can better that at his pro day because that's definitely a big concern for him. Moving on to day three now, um, our winners on day three, this is wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, a very successful day for a lot of these guys. So we have quite a few winners here. Um, starting with wide receiver Zay, uh, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. He was great in the gauntlet drill. Um, he ran faster than I thought he would at a 4-4-2. 40. Um, he didn't really show much explosiveness in the vertical, which is kind of disappointing considering his lack of height. We were hoping that he'd have a good vert, only 35 and a half. Um, but, you know, elite speed 
and uh, did pretty well in the broad jump too, 10 foot seven. Um, and overall, I mean, he measured in at 5'9", 182. Wasn't great there, but nothing to not, you know, it was kind of expected that he was going to measure in at that. Um, but overall, I think he, I think he boosted his stock slightly because he looked really good on the on-field drills as well. So, um, you know, successful day for Flowers. A guy we've also talked about a lot on this podcast, Andre Iozivas, uh, or I- Ioshivas out of Princeton, a wide receiver. His 4.4340 yard dash at 205 pounds confirmed his speed. Uh, he also had a 39 inch vert, almost 11 foot broad jump, did a really good three cone at a 6.85, uh, came in at 6.3205. Um, I think I mentioned that already. Um, but uh, overall, really, really a good performance for him. Got a 9.92 um, RAS score. And I think, you know, he's going to be a guy who's just rising up boards uh, because of the tools that are there. Maybe not the best tape, but a lot of tools, athletic tools that could be, uh, you know, taken advantage of by a really, really strong coach, uh, you know, strong coaching staff, possibly like the Giants. Uh, moving to our first tight end here, Zach Kuntz, tight end out of Old Dominion. He had 40 inches in the vert, uh, 10 foot eight broad jump. He ran a 4.55, um, 40. He looked really agile around the cones during drills. He, you know, flashed late burst uh, to get a ball downfield. He showed the ability to grab passes that were kind of thrown a little bit off target. Um, but his agility, he was just smooth. He was a smooth operator throughout. And uh, overall, he had a 10 out of 10 RAS score. Uh, four five five, which is a ninety seventh percentile, you know, running score. Did a great three cone, six eight seven, great vert, forty inches. Overall, just a really really good day, you know, day for Coons. And I think he's a guy who definitely, um, I think boosted his draft stock. Moving on to the, I think winner of the combine here overall, not just day three, but uh, the general winner. Um, if you had to pick one, and that's Anthony Richardson, QB out of Florida. He ran a 4.4340, weighing 244 pounds, and also being 6.4. That's the fastest time, um, or that's the fourth fastest time by QB since 2003. He jumped like a receiver, a uh, hundredth percentile score in the broad jump and vertical, 40 and a half on the vert, 10 foot nine broad, um, and overall he was just an insane performer. Looked great during the drills as well, especially during that deep ball section. Uh, and he got a 10 out of 10 RAS score. And I think he's probably now a top 10 pick um, and probably number three um, in terms of the quarterback rankings. Currently, obviously, him and Levis, I think, are similar. Uh, Levis, I believe, is a little bit more polished. But Richardson uh, definitely looked really, really good um, on Saturday. So definitely a big, big winner. And then CJ Stroud, he didn't actually do any testing, but during the throwing portion, during the deep ball portion, he just looked so accurate, so smooth, so comfortable, so composed. Um, and I think he's solidified himself as one of the top two. Personally, I think there's a lot closer of a gap. I, I don't think the gap's as big between Young and Stroud as some people have it. I think CJ Stroud's an excellent quarterback, and I'm not buying any of the Ohio State can't, you know, get good quarterbacks type thing. And um, I think CJ Stroud, he's an excellent player. Kind of disappointing he didn't test athletically, but certainly uh, certainly looked good uh, in the throwing portion. Moving on to wide receiver Rasheed Rice out of SMU. He was It was really concerning with his speed pre-combine on tape. He looks a little slow at times, but
but he kind of put that to bed with a 4-5-140. Pretty good considering his size, 6-1-2-0-4. Uh, had a great vert at 41, good broad at 10-8, um, and actually had a really, really elite 10-yard split at 149, 98th percentile there. So while he didn't have the you know quickest 40, he had a really, really good 10-yard split, which uh, you know, can show his burst off the line of scrimmage, his release. So I think overall he had an excellent day and came in at a 9.65 um, RS score. So good for him. And I think he's a guy who probably will end up in the second round, but who knows, maybe a team takes a flyer on him in the first. Uh, moving on to another quarterback now, Stetson Bennett, QB out of Georgia. Everyone's talking about his age. He's 25 years old. He's the same age as Daniel Jones, funny enough. Um, but he ran an impressive 40, ran a 4.67. Um, he also was really good in the position drills. I thought him throwing uh, was quite impressive. He looked really good, uh, you know, up there almost with Stroud and even Richardson. I think he looked better than Richardson personally, especially on some of the more, uh, you know, like the out routes and the shorter throws in terms of accuracy. And he just looked really comfortable. And I think he could have risen, to, you know, a round or two here with his combine performance. And there's going to be a team out there that wants a serviceable backup for years to come. And I think Stetson Bennett is that guy. He can come in. He's already playing at an NFL level, um, and I think he, you know, obviously his floor is pretty high. His ceiling's not that high, but, um, you know, despite his age, I think overall he looked really, really good, and, you know, age isn't tested at the combine, so I think he's definitely a big winner. All right, moving on to another tight end here, Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. He's actually the second best tight end on his team, which is crazy. Um, he had an insane one-handed catch. Uh, but he put up great numbers. Uh, he's 6'6", six, six, almost 6'7", 264. Um, he ran a 4'6", 440, 181, 10-yard uh, split. Had a great shuttle at a 4.08. A good broad jump at 9.13. Disappointing vertical, though, at a 31. Very disappointing for a guy his size um, and with his other athletic traits, as we've seen. Um, I thought that was very, very odd when I saw that score come in. And, um, you know, huge hands as well, 11 inches. And uh, I think this guy's going to be a very big weapon. Definitely more of a project, but definitely has all the traits uh, to be a very good tight end in the NFL level. Um, and I'm excited to see what he does going forward and where he kind of ends up in the draft. I feel like he could go anywhere from the first round to like the fourth round. I have no idea. This tight end class is uh, definitely going to be one of the more interesting things to watch, um, you know, at the draft. All right, moving on to our losers from day three. Just have a couple here. Uh, I wouldn't say this guy's a huge loser, but I guess, um, you know, perception-wise for a lot of people, he was a little bit disappointing. Uh, he ran a 4-4-9-40. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Um, but he did not also measure great. Uh, he came at 5'11", 171, a little bit shorter than people expected, actually, but only ran a 4-4-9 despite that size. Um, and that was quite disappointing. A very bad vert, 234, not great for him, only 48th percentile. It was just not a great day. Did look good in the drills, um, in the position drills, the gauntlet especially, but it just felt like his testing kind of overshadowed everything else. And then uh, to a QB now, Max Duggan out of TCU. Accuracy was just like kind of an issue in drills. He felt like the only quarterback who wasn't really hitting his target, uh, you know, consistently. Um, this quarterback group was really, really good, um, and I felt like he just kind of sto stood out as the guy who was just not there with some of the more elite guys. Uh, he did run an impressive 4-5-2-40, um, which was, you know, really, really good. 
ran a one five five ten yard split, had a decent broad jump as well, but just really, really disappointing um, for a guy who, you know, we expected to be more accurate in the drills. Moving on to day four winners now. Um, we've got Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. He ran a four three six forty, uh, which, you know, was what we expected him to do, I guess you can say, but when you meet expectations in the combine, I think that's always a good thing. And he really solidified himself as an RB as the RB two here in this class as an elite receiving back. We saw that in the drills; he was excellent there. Yes, a little undersized, but I think for a team that you know wants kind of a gadget player, I think Gibbs could be very, very exciting, especially on a team like the Chiefs or something like that. Um, he could be very, very successful. Moving to our first O lineman of the night, uh, Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Uh, he's six five three eleven. Yet he ran a 4.9740, and he oh, actually measured a lot better than people expected. Uh, he came in at almost 6.5 and a half, but people thought he was going to be 6.4 because that's what he was listed as uh, on the Georgia website, and he came in bigger than that. So uh, good, I guess good news there. Maybe he had a growth spurt. Who knows? Um, but uh, I guess a, a good trait to have to be a little bit taller here as a tackle. Um, and just elite, elite running speed here, 174, 10 yard split as well. Um, and we didn't get a bench press numbers on him, I don't believe, but overall, good, good day for him, 944, 9.44, uh, RAS score. And then our final winner of day four, Blake Freeland, tackle out of BYU. He was great. He's three, he's 6'8, 302. Uh, he ran a 498, 40, 168. A uh, ten-yard split had a great vertical, thirty-seven uh, vert, ten-foot uh, broad jump was great in the three-cone, seven point four six. It was overall a really good performance. He looked great in the position drills. He had really quick feet. Um, I thought he was really impressive. Someone who I never really was watching, never really have seen much of him before the combine, but I uh, was certainly impressed. And we'll have to take a closer look at him going forward. And then our final loser uh, on day four. Uh, just one here. It was Kenny uh, McIntosh out of Georgia running back. He ran a dismal 4.6240. Despite being pretty undersized, he lacked explosiveness in the position drills. He didn't really participate in other athletics testing besides the 40. Just not a good day um, for uh, McIntosh out of Georgia. All right. I think that is pretty much it for our episode here. We went through uh, the combine winners and losers talked a little bit Giants related combine stuff, talked a little bit of Daniel Jones and talked uh, some, you know, more Giants coaching staff updates as well. And I think with that, that is pretty much the end of things. I'm going to try my best to replace Josh here and do our plugs. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. Uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, uh, the Giant Take Pod, um, Instagram, Facebook. I believe it's at the Giant Take could be wrong, probably am wrong. Um, and then, but all that will be in the description. Don't worry. And, um, you know, give us five stars rating and review on Apple podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. And, I'm um, probably forgetting some other stuff, but that's why Josh is here on the podcast. And this is why this is not a solo podcast, but hopefully, uh, this is a pretty good episode despite his absence. Thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. I feel like I'm saying it over and over again. I don't know how to do an outro. Thank you. Uh, and we'll see you next time, hopefully with some Daniel Jones news. Uh, if anything comes out, obviously, uh, make sure to check the YouTube. That'll probably be where the first reaction is. Peace.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.